Hello, Delilah. Hello. I need you to roll stealth. That is a 19. Okay, so you see them before they see you and duck off down another hallway. Ursa leads Despard toward the lift where they take a seat. And as you peek out from the hallway that you've ducked down, Calder. Yes? On the bottom left-hand screen, the one which is tuned to Delilah's glasses, you see what appears for all the world to be a bear woman and a rather... You know one of these guys who, even though he has a $700 suit, the $200 haircut still manages to look like a greaseball? Indeed I do. Some people just can't clean up. This is a prime example of the same. Figuring there aren't many ursine jewelry designers at Swans, I figured this is a safe bet. And I'll uh, flip open my channel to uh, Delilah, and I'll quietly say, I believe your friend is near, and with some mm, dubious company. Delilah, mindful of the fact that she's hiding, nods. So the vision bobs. Fair enough. And there's a translucent hologlyphic dragon in the top left corner of your field of view of your glasses. Well, a bust of a hologlyphic dragon. I was getting all excited about my virtual culture bobblehead. She fades out where there would be an S when she says very quietly, that's Galio Despard. Really? Arabet, you heard that. Arabet whistles quietly to himself in the parking lot and lights a smoke. As you're having a smoke, one of the porters comes up and goes, Hey, quit fucking around. Despard wants his cab ready. Let's go. Of course, sir. I go back inside and ruffle through each of the driver's coats until I find Despard's cab. The dude with the bad shave has a guild tattoo on his wrist. Perfect. All right. Take his, uh, well, I take his keys. Okay. You go out and they, it's, he's got one of these new steam carriages, right? With the, uh, the boiler that, that'll just sit and let it idle and doesn't waste any water. And, you know, just pretty much you could power like It's along the same lines as the orcs use for the velocipedes, except this is a work truck dressed up. It could be used for doing a lot more than it is. But this is the Runelands equivalent of the Ford F-350 that's never seen the uh, the outside of the city limits. It doesn't work in construction. Well, I get it started up and pull it around. Okay, then. I'm going to need you to roll a dexterity save. Did you see that? Uh-huh. Yeah, no, this... Uh, uh, hang on. Oh, right. Then, uh, yeah, right. Clutch first. I've, I'll flash some inspiration as I lurch it around. Clutch first. The thing... Like, you get in there, it starts up. You throw the gear in, it grinds to a halt. And the guy who's looking at you with the smoke in your mouth raises his eyebrows like, come on, really? You're supposed to be a pro here. This is swans. I get a 14. Start it up again, and then... You know, rattle it out to the doors. 
and I'll coolly wait for a uh, Despard. Calder? Yes. I'm leaving the premises. That's definitely not part of the plan anywhere. Everything okay? I'm improvising. Calder quickly flips through his uh, voluminous plan book. Um, I don't see that anywhere in the plan, Arabeth. That's uh, spelled with an I. Arabeth? Where are you going? Despard needs to ride home. You hear a disgusted sort of grunt. Oof. You better know what you're doing. Well, you'll be with me the whole way. Welcome to Runelanders. I'm Matt Adam, your host and friendly neighborhood dungeon master, and so it's my job to let you know that Runelanders contains coarse language and things that might offend sensitive listeners, and so listener discretion is strongly advised. Now, if that sort of thing is your sort of thing, then dig, if you will, the mysteries, magic and mayhem, which follow a felonious fellowship's forays from salons and saloons into parlors of power and places unknown in, around, above, and beneath Byzantine Bailey Mina. Having returned from an autumn spent lost in the dream, will our fiends survive the winter in the city of steel and steam? We could tell you all about it, but we'd rather show you. We're the Runelanders. This is Rapscallions. So get ready, runatics, and let's roll. Back to the design room, where Shakir has designed a beautiful necklace to complement the bracelet he had for, built for his sister a few years before. We are up around the gross national product of Estimond at this point, Shakir. Well, probably not, but you're at $23,000. As you can see, Mr. Oscari, Swans uses a series of impenetrable vaults designed by the dwarves who originally settled this part of Scotia. Together with our expert engineers, we've flooded access tunnels to provide a secure, yet still vital biome in the bedrock beneath Bailey Mina. It's what's known as the trade as a free port, and it has special dispensation from the Empire. See? Customs doesn't stop here first, although your ship can. We deal in discretion and information as much as jewelry, in fact, more so. And so, while I appreciate your efforts in attempting to repair your relationship with your family, I'm afraid that you've reached the limits of credit that we are willing to extend to you, and if you'd like to consider this deal any further, we'll need to see a deposit for at least that much. 
You understand, of course. Business is business. Of course, I understand. Regrettably, I do not have such a sum on me at the moment, but I can acquire it. Absolutely. We'll give you all the time you need to get your accounts in order, but I'm afraid that work cannot proceed based on information we've received lately as to your current employment status. The last known address which you posted, well, you don't live there anymore. That's a family address. And it's currently vacant. I'm sure it was just an oversight, but you understand. In a business such as ours, oversights make people uncomfortable. So in the interest of restoring our friendship to what it once was, please take your time, but let's see that this is seen to. We have good relations with first Bailey Mina and Bailey Mina Savings and Loan. These are reputable firms backed up by the Imperial Treasury, as you know, and so a draft from either of these would be sufficient. Of course. Well, then, and he kind of looks at Delilah as if, do I need to keep stalling here, or are we ready to move on? Delilah, it appears, has taken her last note and is tucking her pad away. Well, it appears that we have nothing further to discuss. I will return forthwith with the requested sum. Very good, Mr. Oscari. I'll have a porter show you out and have you seen safely back to your lodgings. Of course, discretion is always key here at Swans, and so we understand if your current lodgings aren't what they used to be. We all have our ups and downs, don't we? Indeed. Very good then, Mr. Oscari. And with that, you and Delilah are back to the seats in the center of the octagonal room. If there's nothing else? I do not believe so. Uh, Miss Ramirez, am I correct? I, I believe I saw you note that uh, my next meeting has been moved up somewhat. Yes, sir. It's this afternoon at two. I shan't keep you a minute longer. And with that, um, Maxime Swan steps back and nods. And with a minor jolt, like an elevator starting, the floor makes your knees wobble for a second before rising up. You take seats on the platform as it rises. And the screen surrounding this little sitting room resumes its story. Built from a rediscovered dwarven settlement, Swans and Company has been redesigned with your security in mind. We've seen to everything and hired only the greatest experts to make sure that your investment is safe so that your creativity will belong to you until you're ready to share it with the world. We're Swan and Company, Jewelers and Securities International. And whoosh, you're back in that solarium. It is that sunny, rainy sort of mix of sleet and shit that's coming from the north, but it's being held off because it's supposed to be a nice day in the capital for official activities. It's kind of why you all picked today. Atomic fluxes. Caller? Yes. 
From your basement, you can see Delilah's glasses uh, taking in the solarium and hear the whole thing over the earpiece, as well as see it displayed on the feed, which is one of several displayed on a like a, a long, like a lengthwise panoramic laid out mirror, like a panoramic scene mirror. You also have a paint monitor, which uh, displays everything in oils. It's not as hard on the eyes, but you need better lighting to see it. So I see the Lila and Shakir uh, exiting and uh, Arabet's uh, already on his way. Yep, Arabet is actually around the second switchback down the road back into Bailey Mina. Well, I, uh, I have been already packing up some of the things and uh, Nigel's have been uh, running them out. <clears throat> I am ready to uh, close up shop here. So I uh, take out a small um, device and uh, I flip it open and I delicately put it over uh, the uh, spell phone. There's a small thin thread that I then connect up to the narrowest point of the tunnel about five or six feet away. The intent here is that that little device is going to cast a simple minor illusion. It's not an invisibility spell at all. It's simply what's behind the spell phone in front of it. And so if, if someone comes here, this is a little bit like the old box trap <laughs> on a string kind of setup. Very, very simple. But, uh, you know, the, um, the illusion will only last an hour. So I needed to be at the opportune moment. Once I'm sure that's all set up, I have a steel uh, plate ready to get fitted into the door. And all I need to do now is cast a knock spell. No, not lock. Lock. <laughs> Wizard lock spell. And um, I get it all set up and I get out uh, my artifice device for this, uh, which is a uh, thin piece of uh, uh, iridescent copper wire, which I uh, attach around the perimeter of the door. Uh, and then as I whisper and make a small gesture, light deep dark and then suddenly bright light flashes in my my new heart and uh well i what i cast isn't wizard rock uh, at all it's um well i actually don't know what it is but it turns out to be scorching ray something i've never cast before um and uh, an odd sense uh, comes over me and i can smell lilacs and then i blink look around I cast Identify, and there's no magic in the door anymore, but I, I see that it's been welded shut, which is a fine outcome. It really wasn't what I intended. It isn't quite what I planned, in part because I believe that the security crew at Swans would never merely weld, a sh uh, would never merely weld such a plate shut in the tunnel. So I take a breath and I focus, I concentrate, I very carefully enunciate and with a fastidiously cast the spell, magically locking it uh, with a little flourish, um, total of 21 ar arcana, to make the, the warding on the lock look as close as I can to uh, the swan's um, runes and wards before I leave. Arcana, you got you know how to do it, but it, that's a deception check. Fair enough. Here I go. Seventeen plus four, twenty-one. Magical forgery are us. It seems you match the script as closely as you can. It blends into the general murmur. 
and the mithril key, which stays in the lock with the wire tightly rolled up around it, fits in behind the panel that you fit over the door. Calder smiles smugly to himself before he leaves. The Nigels move the lights around, but begin to take the screens down as you slink off into the shadows beneath Bailey Mina. Meanwhile, upstairs, Arabet. Yes, sir. Before he got into the car, Despard came out, had a few drags of a smoke, talked to a couple of the porters in that laughing with his mouth wide open sort of way. Um, you know, that the truly obnoxious people do. Slapping people on the arm sort of thing. Horrible swear words in conversation. Takes out his spell phone, turns the dials a bit, takes a deep, deep draw of his cigarette and uh, holds it for a second. I was like, yeah, yeah. No, we're not going to do it. Yeah, we're going to do it. Okay, then. <laughs> Super. Yeah, yeah. No usual spot. Okay. Super. Real good. Yeah. Then he gets in the car. Sits in the back. Smoke's still going. And you go rattling off down around the switchbacks. Well, I'll drive as carefully as I can. You are around the second corner of the switchbacks down toward North Shore. Dexterity save, please. Oh, nine this time. All right, bet this uh, the second turn, you take it a little wide, and there's a woman with a bunch of chickens and crates on a cart that she's pulling up the road by via a donkey towards the swan place. In the back, the desperate's like, hey, fuck, watch where you're going. Fuck it, I throw it into high gear and go. Dexterity save. 17. All right, so this next curve, you step on it and just put the steam to it. And the wheels all spit up a plume of dirt from this road as the knobs on the tires grab hold of the cobblestones and just start ripping down the slope. You hit the first curve fast, but not as fast as you do the fifth curve. Roll a dexterity save again. 26. The fifth curve you take at speed on two wheels from behind. Despard's like, what the fuck? And you can hear like the rattling around as the carriage tilts, as the steam car tilts over on two wheels and leans over the high precipice of the switchback. You can see out to the sea from here, but neighborhoods beneath kind of thin out as the road switches back to a plaza, which opens out onto the sea. You drop it into the highest gear it's got and take your foot out of it, gripping the steering wheel with both hands, gritting your teeth. Make a dex Dave. Another 26. Curve pow, the sixth and final curve. You drift in this steam car. You make the small curve onto the roundabout at about, well, 70 kilometers an hour. Yowza. It's not a big wide roundabout either. This is just a little neighborhood one. And you skim so close to the edge that the houses which hug the sidewalk 
seemed close enough to reach out and touch from the passenger window, against which Despard seems centrifugally pressed. You dart out down a road. Which way are you going? Well, I'm driving to Lost Acre. I got a new car. All right. So you wheel right around the roundabout and uh, hit the road towards the shore road, which should take you all the way back to Lost Acre. This is, of course, going to take you through Hudson's Bend, Iron Fire Bramble. And if you stay down on this level, eventually, you know, Ashcroft or the Styles. But then you're into Queensbridge and then, you know, Copper Penny Row and Lost Acre. It's probably still going to take you 20 minutes to to make it from there to there. Um, so you rock it off down the street, driving like a madman when uh, you need to roll initiative. Oh, you got me by one. All right. So the bolter shots that rip out of the back seat miss your ear by fractional inches. One goes on one side of your head and clips your left ear because you're looking off on an angle to see when you got to turn the next hard turn. And the other one graces your right ear on the other side. Either way, if either shot had been two inches closer, you'd be dead. Just jump, Dustbard. Fuck you, Arabit. If I can finish this now. If I could finish this now. Why don't I drive at a wall? Are you fucking stupid? I'm doing 70 kilometers an hour here. He takes another shot at you. We'll see. I have an idea. Okay. I hit the brakes. All right. Well, you were going down a long hill too. So although 70 is the maximum speed on the gauge, you're pretty sure you're going way faster than that by the time you hit the bottom and jam on the binders. So I need you both to roll a dexterity save. 24. All right, so the uh, car, as he goes bang, 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 you jam on the binders, the car skids and skids and hits the edge of the road flips, it's the edge of the road, the wheels catch on the edge and the car flips. It does a complete once over before bouncing off its wheels to flip again. Roll another dexterity save, Arabin. Only 13. All right, well, there is no shortage of barf in this car by the time it rocks to a stop. The door slaps shut as the vehicle stops rocking. Arabit flips out of the car. All right. Dexterity save. Can I have an acrobatics check instead? You sure can. Right after your dexterity save. 15 on my dexterity save. All right. You managed to keep a grip on your inner ear well, you managed to uh, focus through the spinning liquids in your inner ear long enough to leap out of the car and make your acrobatics check. 24. Kaboom! So, you go shooting out the door with your... What are you doing? You go jumping out the door. I go jumping out the window. Truck. 
Okay, so you go jump out the window of the truck as it's flipping. As it's flipping. All right, so it bounces. So I jam on the brakes and the binders hit and the car flips once, starts flipping again, goes for the third flip and I'm out the window. That's right. When it lands and starts rocking on its wheels, one of the passenger's doors jams open and then slaps shut again. And uh, Despard runs off into Bailey Mean. I need you to make a perception check. Ten. Okay, you don't know where Despard is, but there's a guy on the roof getting comfortable with a rifle looking at you. My bolters come out. I get behind the car. Not a moment too soon, too. This guy gets his deer rifle up, takes a shot, blows the front windshield out of the thing. You're crouched down beside the driver's door. It's still running, for what it's worth. Well, I did want the car. Calder. Sir. As you're getting ready to pack up, kind of stuff, you're like, what the fuck is Arabat up to? You can't just leave him do it. Can't I? So you turn around, tell the Nigels don't take it all down, and uh, turn on the feed from his goggles. Just about the moment that the car flips for the first time. Arabat? Arabat, are you okay? Kinda busy. If only this was a foreseeable outcome. Okay, bet. Make an acrobatics check. 17. You jam the clutch in, throw the car into gear, and uh, let that steam engine fly. The torquey wheels dig into the cobblestone streets, and once again you throw a shower of gravel as you buck up and over the short fountain that you'd come to rest against across it and then up and over like this is all really slow jerky stuff but the shots continue and are joined by another set from another rooftop as you ex as you very calmly answer calder you cannot help but be jostled around so <laughs> not, not everything's good calder is what it sounds like all right taking stock of the situation um i'm not sure what i can do to help him Grudgingly, I will help him and then castigate him for his terrible judgment later. But right now, he's in a bit of a sticky situation. I'm going to Sam Southwinds. Um, thinking quickly, uh, do I think I can make it there quick enough on foot under the city to uh, provide assistance? Uh, no. <laughs> That's what I thought, but hey. What can I do to help you? Tell me where the targets are. Who can I see? How about that, Adam? All right. Well, if you sit there and spend a minute rewriting the subroutines for those goggles feed, you could probably use them as a remote focus for your clairvoyance. Give me a moment. Obviously, you'll have to start a new instance of it uh, and rewrite that one as it's loading. It's going to really eat up your available processing. Shouldn't take you more than half a minute. All right. I'm going to use inspiration and rolling Arcana 15 for a total of 22 to set this up and uh, be able to uh, sort out uh, where all the players are. 
Meanwhile, as Calder gets to figuring and coding on his various devices, Shakir and Delilah are led to the front door by a smiling page who gets a certain troubled look on their features as some people come running in from the parking lot. There appears to be some trouble. Shakir will look at her and be like, please do not let us bother you. There seems to be something that needs to be dealt with. We can see ourselves out. Very good, sir. And so you begin walking down the way. Or are you going to go get the carriage? Well, we're not supposed to know our driver has departed suddenly with Despard, so we should head toward the carriage. All right, very good. So, uh, not realizing that your driver has left with Despard, you wait for him under the awning. It's one of those carport overhang things that you can embark and disembark in perfect dryness and comfort like you would find at a casino. After like three or four minutes of smiling at each other like, well, this is nice. Isn't this nice? Yes, this is nice. Oh, we're having such a nice time. And while the view of the sea is commanding and lovely from here, it was better in the solarium and it is kind of nippy. So where is this carriage and uh, what's going on with Arabet? Delilah, your professional spider sense begins to bother you and uh, you can't help but need to want to know. Wait here, sir. I'll see what our driver's gotten up to. Well, you go back and there's a bunch of, you know, horses tethered and fed and you know, messes on the cobblestones and a little driver's cabin off in the corner with an attached outhouse sort of bathroom. And uh, as you go up and push in, you see that, uh, like, you know, three of these guys are out cold. The kid who came running back from the, well, from this direction, looked to be rather concerned. A minute later, Swan Security comes busting in, and uh, it's two orcs, and outside there's this great big ogre. What are you doing in here, lady? I was looking for a driver for Mr. Shakir. Yeah, something's happened to these drivers. Unless you had something to do with it, I suggest you uh, watch out. Yes, sir, I will. I'll go tell Mr. Ascari. Alright, we'll get we'll get you another here. Ludo, you can drive, can't you? The ogre looks at him like, Are you fucking kidding me? No. Well, see if you can't find somebody who can drive for them. Oh, don't worry a bit about it. I'm sure I can manage something. Well Dane, driving's a complicated pursuit, miss. Uh, it's it's best left to the blue collar. Thank you, sir. I meant I could use my contacts. Ah, yes, of course. What was I thinking? Huh. Yes, well, proper. Enjoy. So a minute later, Delilah pulls up out front, huddled up underneath underneath the big greatcoat that Arabette left folded on the seat, grumbling into the collar. I'm sure Shakir can recognize the blue eye peeping over the top of the collar. Yeah, it's, it's the hat pulled down. Uh, the collar pulled up and then like these crazy dark curls that you couldn't miss anywhere and just the cerulean flash of an eye. Well then, Shakir will climb up into the, uh, uh, the carriage and wait until they have headed along their way long enough before asking what in the hell is going on. Delilah, as you 
Kanto, as you pull out of the gates at Swans and do the first switchback, you notice off on the peak of a roof, a guy stand up to take aim with a rifle and his head explode. Back to Arabet for a second. Yes, sir. Got him. You got him. <laughs> but unfortunately, uh, this is leading you down a road that you don't know where you're going. And you're going way too fast. You're going to have to do an acrobatics check. No, I did the worst I could, 13. You, you don't make the curve at the end of this street. And so you go plowing through a market stall because this is a little Agora market down by the harbor. It's the sort of place you can buy artisanal cheese and honey from out on the island. You know, real backcountry Scotian shit that the rich people spend an arm and a leg for. And the poor people never see, although they make. Most of this shit is actually made downtown, if you understand it. But these are all thoughts that float idly through your mind as uh, you explode this cheese stall and the cheese goes flying through the shattered windshield of your car to bounce around the cabin and uh, batter you for eight points of damage. Unfortunately, you've also left the road and are currently a low, bouncing over a low stone wall, which um, runs alongside a pier. So I'm going to need you to make an acrobatics check again, Arabeth. 29. The front wheels of this steam truck land on the wide beams of the pier. There are six feet left. You jam on the front brakes with a, with a lever so hard that you can hear the mechanism scream and cry and see as the wheels touch down the flexing of the rubber before it rips off you turn hard to the right and just let the wheels go so that when the back wheels land on an angle they rip the carriage around you go over onto two wheels and looking out that side of the vehicle you can see the firth beneath you it's only about 12 feet deep here full of coral and then the car sets down on all four wheels although the engine's still running you know the front wheels are boned from this landing but you're alive it's then that another bullet slams into the door just by your knee it's about an inch high and uh, almost creases your other leg as it hammers through the bottom of the truck and into the timbers beneath. Kind of stuck here, Calder. Got somebody shooting at me. Where is he? <laughs> Too many signatures, Calder. Roll perception. 12 plus 2, 14. No, fuck. No. Too many. Throw a filter on there. Altitude, maybe? Where are they shooting from? You need some more information. You can't see. Like, where is he? Arabette, you're going too fast. Can you slow down? 30 degrees. 30 degrees downward angle. The perception check. 17 plus 2. 19. Okay, so you're filtering out signatures, filtering out signatures, filtering out signatures. Hey, Shakir, you see the guy's head explode. You see another guy stand up on another chimney and start taking aim. In your ear, there is the chatter as Swan's dampening field wears off of your earplug. If you've ever seen a sniper getting into position before, 
in a more textbook way, you don't know when it was. And you, now you hear squabbling coming over your earpiece. Shakir will sigh heavily and then report on what he saw, the, the location, the chimney relevant to, or relative to where the previous one was, since he, you know, got a good close-up view of that happening. Well, not close-up, but you know what I mean. Got a decent view. Yeah. So as you round this, the third switchback, it occurs to you that by the next switchback, he might be within pistol range. However, you'll never get a clear shot from inside the cat. You'd have to be, well, let the window down anyway, right? If you could get a better angle, you might be able to get him from the third, from the next switchback. Delilah, would you veer somewhat to the left as we head for the next one? He takes another shot and uh, Arabet, the window, like the back passenger window just explodes out of this truck. Delilah veers to the left as instructed. Acrobatics check, D. That's a 15. You get the carriage out of the way just in time for Shakir to leap out of the still moving the still moving thing to take up a fire position. Shakir, he can't see you. You get to roll with advantage. That would be a 21. Shakir stops, looks at this guy, draws an angle. You can see the math turning in his head. Raises his pistol. It's an impossible shot. There's no way that a pistol can make it this sort of distance. Or is there? With magic, all things are possible. And any science sufficiently advanced is indistinguishable from magic. So, the math, that weird sort of quasi-quantum sniper math that Shakir does in his head right now, calculates the angle and the breeze and squeezes the trigger. The musket fires, kicks. There's a long pause. Arabets. We see the shooter through his, look through his sight. His sight draws down on the back of your head. You're looking the other way for him. You can't see him anywhere. He's behind you, but it's too late because he's going to, and then the gunshot. And then his rifle slides down the tiled roof on the other side of the roof from where he was aiming at. Got him, Shakir. Shakir's actually going to go try to retrieve the rifle. It's a, this is a beautiful piece of machinery. It's a Schmidt and Vesten. They're weaponsmiths from Doberland, and they make really quality stuff. At least firearms. This is a $300 rifle easy. Shakir had been thinking he needed a long arm of some kind, so he'll kind of slip it so that his cloak mostly covers it up and uh, head back over toward where he can get back into the carriage. Very good. You uh, take your new rifle, sling it, and head back over to where Delilah's pulled over. Arabet slinks out of the dark a minute later and jumps in the other door. With a quick snap, the carriage takes off through the rain. Calder, there's a quiet from the other comms. After two minutes, you can't take it anymore. And so, Delilah, as you 
settle in to have to do all the driving back to well frankly it would be quicker to go to the bramble from here but you're driving <laughs> you can make up your mind at hudson's bend anyway when across the comms there comes the small concerned voice of caller saying did you make it hello oh oh hey caller i'm with delilah and shakir we're coming down don't know where we're going. I'm not driving. Wrecked my new car. Ah, a tragedy indeed. We shall reconvene at the manor? Yeah, that sounds good. We gotta get this carriage back from where we borrowed it, too. You would have liked it. It was a really nice car. Pretty sure it cost Despard a lot. Well, at least it wasn't a waste entirely, then. See you soon. It's 35 or 40 minutes later when the back door swings open all but silently. There's just enough scuffle to let whoever's there know that someone's come in. Hmm. Hello? Calder gets up and leaves the kitchen to go investigate. Not that he thinks there's a problem, but um, while he was, he's loath to show it, he's actually quite anxious about the, uh, the fate of his friends and where they are. See, Calder's just fine. It's us. She calls a little louder. Oh, runes. You know... I can't remember the last time I was the first one to come back. As I recall, you were working from somewhere safe, as you should, and didn't have a carriage to ditch. Why would you have to ditch a carriage? Someone decided to go off script. It was all about it. I told them. You mean you actually did that? I told you I was going to do it. You are correct. You... You did tell me. Well, the tea is getting cold. I'll warm it back up and come to the kitchen. Tell me what happened since we last talked. And so Calder goes to the kitchen and puts the kettle back on and refreshes another couple of healthy scoops of tea into the teapot and sets things up for uh, for his friends to get settled. Share the news. In a few minutes, cups all around, steaming full, and, uh, so, Erebed, tell me, what exactly happened? Well, I wasn't left with a whole lot of options. They came looking for Despard's driver, which was a surprise. And there was no drivers to take that place except me. So it was actually Despard that you drove? Oh, yeah. It was Despard. And did he recognize you? Not until I fucked up on the third curve. Alas. So I assume, Delilah, Shakir, that you came to Erebet's rescue? Did not have much choice in the matter, but yes. Well, Shakir, I believe you've now been introduced to uh, the Erebet special. Uh, if that is what you call it. You, you people keep telling me he is intelligent. 
Calder is suddenly very interested in the contents of his teacup while smirking smarmily. I said he was smart, Shakira. I didn't say he had a lick of sense. It would be nice, though, to see evidence of either. Look, look, say what you want. I made a decision, maybe not the best decision. But in the moment, I all I could do was run and leave you there. Or go with Despard and leave you there. I feel like one of those had a much lower chance of outing the whole endeavor. Well, you know, there's a lot of questions that get raised, for me anyway, by this whole thing. Like, first of all, who the hell has snipers on the roofs of the neighborhood? Ready to shoot people and not shoot Despard? Oh, Swan does. And why does Swan have snipers in the neighborhood? And why didn't we know about this? I didn't realize you didn't know that that would be part of his security. Right. And why was Despard in there anyway? They appear to be working together on this thing. It explains why Despard would send giggles to kill me when I was looking for Ursa. It certainly does appear to be an increasingly tangled scheme. Delilah, are the snipers always there, or are they only there when needed for heightened? It's for high security jobs, but Ursa's been saying more and more what they've been doing has been high security lately. We'll certainly will have to factor this in for any future engagements with swans, but I think the biggest concern I have is that Despard is aware that we were in the area, and I think, well, I think we must ensure that he has a different story to tell himself as to why Arabet, the lost Acre, decided to take over his carriage. Yeah, you're probably right. The obvious one would be a revenge plot, because he's been after Lost Acre. Yes. Well, that was the initial sense when I went after a Despard in the first place. I had hoped to actually get that. But goddammit, the car got away from me on that third curve, and then I kind of swerved, and he kind of noticed, and then I just slammed it to the hammer to keep him in the car. Of course, he started shooting at me, but that just made it more difficult to go around the curves. Well, I mean, yes, a pity we did not uh, come out of this uh, with Despard in the basement. But given that, I think uh, I think we should do make some sort of sign or signal that we are mm, escalating our conflict. I think I think it's quite important that uh, he can explain away. Why Arabette was at Swans, or perhaps not even consider why. Did, uh, tell me, Delilah, Shakir, did he uh, spot you when we uh, returned to the manor? Not that we know about. Uh, when we came into things. Despard ran for his life. We can hope he did not run in a direction that passed him past us. Oh, he didn't. I saw which way he went. Excellent. Now. Being not uh, as familiar with the politics of the Acres as um, either Delilah or Arabet, tell me, what sort of uh, message could we send him that would indicate that he has raised her ire? I mean, I think we need to. Let me let me rephrase that. I think Bet needs to do something else to indicate that he's 
I'm ready for business now. You can maybe clear out his office at the guild headquarters. That is delicious. Plus, it might net us some information about what's going on. This also means that I have to go back to Swans. And why is that? When we were there, he knew that I had been estranged from my family and that I could not put the items I was commissioning on credit. He required me to make a cash payment before they would do any work. To remove any suspicion that I am involved in this in any way, I need to go back and put those cash payments down to make sure that he that he knows that I am serious about doing this business that I was there for, that it was not some form of ruse. Ah, I see. Um, shall I send a runner with a sum? No, I, I will need to do it myself. Very well. Um, would it be too soon to do it today? Should there be an appropriate amount of time before your return? I think Arabeth's little mission could happen at the guild after tea. But uh, perhaps you all should uh, wait till tomorrow or the day after. I will need to make a trip to the bank first. It is not... <laughs> the amount of money we are talking about is not the kind that anyone sane would keep on their person, nor would I have it anyway. But I do have funds that I can go and retrieve. Excellent. Calder pauses for a moment and looks at Delilah, looks back at Shakir, and he says, Indeed, I would be more than obliging to provide this sum. Shakir writes the sum on a piece of paper, pushes it across the table towards you. When you unfold the paper and look at the sum, you find that you, uh, well, that your heart was in the right place. Impressive. I could certainly aid with this in any case. Do not trouble yourself. I, I know where I can go to get it. Well then, I guess you have uh, some work to do, and Arabet, will you need any assistance in your errand to the guild? Well, before I can hit the guild, I'm going to have to get the truck fixed. Ah, very well. I shall uh, call for a mechanic then, yes? I feel like Arabet knows a guy. Calder raises an eyebrow. Very well. Well then, I don't think there's any time to waste. I can do a little glad handing and see if he's gotten any new security. Excellent. So Delilah, you will do some reconnaissance. Shakir off to secure funding. Arabet, uh... As he rises, Shakir pulls out from under his cloak uh, a rifle and sets it on the, whatever the nearest surface is, table or whatever. I probably should not be walking around with this. Certainly not if I am right to the bank. <laughs> well, that depends. Would it be useful for you to have on your person? It could be useful, but we would need to work out some way to conceal it. I have a couple of ideas uh, that I will talk to you about later. There's a twinkle in Calder's eye. Excellent. Well, my friend, I do indeed look forward to that. 
Runelanders is recorded live and curated, produced, and edited by me with indispensable help from Cassie Goodwin-Harrison, Matthew Harrison, Chris Stokovaz, Greg Setnick, and Carrie Copley. All the usual people played all the usual parts, and if you want to know more about them, you can find out all about them, all about the little Easter eggs that I scattered through these episodes, and so much more at runelanders.com. Watch for our vastly improved website coming up soon. That'll about do it for this episode. Next time on Moonlanders, we're gonna have some wicked awesome fun. You have to check it out. We'll see you then. I'm DM Matt Adam. I'm DM Good Guy. Reminding you to roll high and don't die. Until next. Take good care. (laughs) Thank <laughs> you.